The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, businessman Foster Freeze and his wife Lynn offer their insight and perspective on world events. So one thing is to look at other people as a how do we build a bridge? How do we find something that we can agree on rather than constantly being at each other's throats and trying to disagree? A second thing is the biggest threat we face in our generation, it's not the issues of immigration, health care, climate change, it's the global jihad movement. on Life Today. I'm Betty and this is James. And you know we've got a studio uh, audience that I know a lot of the people out here. Here's what's interesting about them. Uh, they care about somebody other than themselves. The studio audience is full of people that, that love you and they've never seen you. And our guests love you. Our guest is a, a man that uh, started with scratch, nothing, and, and put together a $15 billion fund that's making everybody 20% more and making them wealthy and helping a lot of people with what they're doing and investing in and involved in. And then years ago, he just sold it. And he's never tried to make another dollar. He just tried to help people. That's all he does. His name is Foster Freeze. You may have seen him sometimes. Uh, very outspoken. Uh, I love him. First time I met him, I knew I met a man that loved you and every, he loves, he's got his saying around here, he's saying his left, right, left, right, left, right, forward march. He's got a website that way. And he says, we're going to have to get together. We need to have civil discussions and be people of reason and deal with the issues. His wife, Lynn, she, she's putting out children's books. You can get them on Amazon. Uh, Lynn Freese. And, and they're just so great that she loves kids and she wants to show them the glory of God in simple stories. And this is a Western lullaby. We'll send it to you. You'll love it for children and grandchildren. I want you to welcome this couple that I love and praise God for and I'm grateful for. Would you welcome Foster Freeze and his wife, Lynn, to life today? <laughs> Foster, I, I, uh, I'm really grateful that, that I met you because I, I felt like I met a gifted man that God had moved beyond yourself. Were you ever caught up in yourself, uh, would you say, really excessively? I mean, nauseatingly too? Never, never. I mean, I was, I've been uh, humble all my life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you know the word ego. Ego is an acronym, edging God out. Mm. Wow. Were yeah. you ever guilty? I could have been. I mean, I mean, yes, Lynch. <laughs> All right. We, we actually shared briefly earlier that Jesus really changed your life. You started with nothing. You're the 1%. So we want you to know America's being trained to hate you. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you're paying most of the taxes, paying most of the, the welfare upkeep, all the things they're doing for people. Nobody, many people say, thanks, say, thanks to all you 1% for helping us meet all our needs. Let me just say something to the top 1%. I'm going to say something to both of you. The worst thing you could do in your crowd is pay off all our debts. Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing you could do with your money is give it to a federal government that has proved to the whole world they cannot manage money well. Amen. So please don't do it. Would you tell all the 1% and the 5%, don't do it. 
James, you're the greediest son of a gun. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, these, I mean, think of all the phones we could buy for these people and food stamps. We only have 47 million people on food stamps. We have, we could double that. Yeah, okay, that's good. Sounds good. <laughs> you ought to run for president. You're sure to win. Now, all right, let, let's really talk about what, what needs to happen. You believe that it's for freedom. Christ came to set us free. Galatians 5.1. What can people in this audience and people sitting at home do to preserve and protect our freedom when you're spending so much time trying to get our leaders to have civil discussions? Left, right, left, right, that's one of your websites, left, right, left, right, forward march. What can people just, they say, what can I do? Christian people, what can they do? Well, to follow up on the left, right, left, right theme, the uh, mission statement is uniting Americans of opposing political perspectives to benefit efforts they both embrace. So, for example, we have on the website Sheila Jackson Lee, who's known as an extremely liberal congresswoman from Houston, African-American, on the same stage promoting school choice with Ted Cruz. Many, many people know Laura Ingraham is a conservative talk show host, but most people don't know she has three adopted children. So we have paired her with Mary Landrieu, the former senator from Louisiana, who's quite liberal, because she headed up the 141-member adoption caucus. So the two of them are working on trying to restore international adoptions, which have gone from 22 million to 5 million in the last five years. And so there's a film called Stuck, which talks about the orphanages and the problems. And so they uh, are working to try to promote that film and, and get this back on track. So one thing we can do is find somebody who disagrees with you politically and find something that you can share. In my hometown of Rysick, Wisconsin, the, the, the Republicans and the Democrats, the key personalities, not necessarily the party leaders, but they're coming together to raise money on a walk and a golf outing to provide the senior center because the city ran out of money. So it can be a small issue or big issue. So one thing is to look at other people as to how do we build a bridge? How do we find something that we can agree on rather than constantly being at each other's throats and trying to disagree? A second thing is the biggest threat we face in our generation, it's not the issues of immigration, health care, climate change, it's the global jihad movement. That's going to be an issue for years and decades to come. And our, our government, uh, this goes back before uh, the Obama administration, hasn't really educated us as who is our enemy. One day it's the Taliban, then it's ISIS, then it's uh, Al-Qaeda. And if we can realize that this is a global effort, now they have rivalries between each other, but the Shiites and the Sunnis have a common goal, even though they're at each other's throat, and that is to dominate the world with their religion. And you can see what they're doing to try to achieve that. And it's a deadly effort. It's not just like we want to have a disagreement, prove our point. If you disagree, you're out. You're pretty Destroy. much out. That's yeah, I it. mean, out in big out, time. Big I time. mean, everybody mm -hmm. sees, Heads off, everybody sees what that is. Yes. And so... To, to, to win the, the issue of the global jihad movement, that's sort of like the Super Bowl of that movement. But to win the Super Bowl, the teams have to win the first game. And then they have to win the division. And, they, and so everybody wants to go to the Super Bowl. Well, we can start very simple. The very first thing we can do is arm the Kurds. These people should be our boots to the ground. I met, uh, I was at, in northern Iraq. I went to Camp Black Tiger, which is a Peshmerga camp on the ISIS front lines, because I felt if I want to get people convinced this is what we should do, I'd have more credibility if I was there and experienced. So I talked to the vice commander, and he was talking about 
the divisions of, of equipment, battalions, that we lost to ISIS, that the, the Iraqi government lost, the central government. And right now they have like 2,000 armored Humvees, which all of us in this audience paid for. Who, where did because all the, they took them away from yeah, the oven. Yeah, but where did the equipment that ISIS has? It came from us taxpayers via the central government. The, pe the Peshmerga it. vice commander says, Peshmerga has never lost a single bullet to ISIS. Now, these people are fighting for their lives and their country. Sirwan Barzani is a very, very wealthy man, came out of retirement to be the commander. And when I visited Camp Black Tiger, I see a lot of these guys are 30, 40, 50 years old. They've come out of retirement because Sirwan walked, apparently the story is he walks up and down the troops. He says, look, you, you, you can uh, spend your life in a refugee camp at age 75 and die there, or you can die here fighting for your land. These people are highly motivated. And so why don't we allow them to be our surrogate boots in the ground? We don't have to send American troops. They, they, they tell us. And in fact, I just met with uh, Ross Perot was kind enough to have a dozen of us to get together. We had President Barzani, the uh, ambassador from America to Iraq, the head of the State Department who's responsible for this area, Senator Cornyn, Senator uh, uh, McCain. And we talked about what is it going to take to retake Mosul? What is it going to take to help these people? So the, uh, I got in a little trouble, frankly, because <laughs> the ambassador to Iraq says to the president of uh, Barzani across the table, we're so proud that we've been able to partner with you because we sent you 25 MRAPs, which is a mine-resistant, ambush-protected wheel vehicle. And so we're going to send you maybe 14, 15 more. So I got up. Maybe, I mean, I'm not as bashful as I should be. I should have a little bit more bashful. So I said, you know, you might be proud of that. But as an American, I'm not embarrassed. I'm ashamed because there are five, there's 250 AMRAPs that went to the central government. Why did the Kurds only get 25 when they're the most effective force confronting ISIS? Mm -hmm. The Iraqi army is, is abandoning. In fact, when uh, Ramadi just fell, the amount of uh, Iraqi soldiers for the central government outnumbered ISIS like seven to one. But they, they took off. So I, I, I asked Harry Reid, uh, what do you think about arming the Kurds? I've been, I've been, I've been for it for months. I asked uh, John, John Boehner. He says, well, we are arming the Kurds. Yes, we're arming the Kurds because we sent 250 MRAPs and they get 25. So they're not getting what they deserve. So the vice commander told me, look, we don't have night goggles. The ISIS guys are coming in the middle of the night and throwing grenades in our bunkers. We don't have tourniquets, first aid stuff. We don't have a mechanics to repair the, the, the broken axles. We don't have the ability to defuse an area that we pushed ISIS out of it. They're booby-trapping it. We're losing people that. So the re so people say, well, if, if Harry reads for it, Boehner's for it, what's the big deal? Well, first of all, people don't realize that in order to get the arms to them, it has to go through central government because our... You're referring has, to the Iraq government. The, 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 Iraq, the Iraqi government in Baghdad, uh, run by a Shi and I, Abadi, he controls what gets to the Kurds. And they are very suspicious of the Kurds becoming an independent nation. So we can't let them get too powerful because they'll succeed and Iraq as a country will unravel. So that's been our state of our policy going back into the Bush administration. And I, I think the people, I, this Brent McGurk's a great guy. I just met him for the first time. And I don't know how he can deal with all the lives that are being lost when they took Ramadi. Uh, it was on New Year's, uh, on a Memorial Day weekend. And you didn't catch the news. I bet you if you ask your audience, how many heard the news that once Ramadi fell, they, there's another area called Palmyra, they wind up 400 women and children murdered. Let me, let me, I'm going to interrupt you here because, Foster, what, here's the thing you don't understand. I'm afraid you don't.
the passion and love for people, for us, for all people to stop those committed to the destruction of every person who simply disagrees with them and to impose on us the law of their religion that is really as anti-God-like as anything you would ever see. And they want us, they not only want Israel gone, they want us gone. We're the great Satan to them. And if we don't resist this evil, then we're going to fall. And, and the, the thing I need our viewers to see, you can go in there. When we're, we're writing after meeting with leaders earlier in the day here in the area, John Bolton calls him on the phone. They get on speaker and we, we go back and forth. And I'm listening to a man, former ambassador to the United Nations, finding all the ways that they can, this is how I see it, put God's arms of love, the shelter and shadow of his protection over innocent, precious people that are being destroyed when it doesn't have to happen. If you just get common sense and the people would work together for the common good, for the benefit of all. And here he is and he's so alone. And you see somebody like me get excited and you just wish you'd get everybody in Washington excited. You're the key to getting people to pull their head out of the sand, put their feet on the ground on a solid principled foundation that appreciates freedom. Our soldiers and our family members have died to protect it and preserve it. And they are dying and even serving enemies and trying to raise them up and help them in love. And we're going to sit back and go on with business as usual. While he wrote me so many emails, James, they're cutting the heads off Christians. He said, why aren't the churches there? We said, we've got to stop this. They're going to come here and cut our heads off. The fact is they have cut the influence of people like you who love God, love people, want freedom, want life, want opportunity, you've been cut off from the headship of Christ and his wisdom, and you're not living in the shelter and shadow with courage. I wanted to ask you, what is, what can we do The number to one that? action, again, to win the first game, the Super Bowl, so we can get the divisional playoffs and then the Super Bowl. The number one first simple thing that everyone can do is, is to talk to their congressman, their senator, and to friends in other states who can talk to their congressman and senator to arm the Kurds. Because right now, if we can let them uh, have the equipment they need, and right now they, we could put up a bill that has them only getting non-lethal items. And there's a procedure called unanimous consent where you put up a bill, one senator can knock it down. Mm -hmm. But if you just say, we want to supply the Kurds with tourniquets, with uh, night goggles, with the ability to defuse the uh, booby traps, and we're not going to uh, give them machine guns or anti-tank weapons or other stuff, just non-lethal stuff. It'd be very hard for any senator to say, I oppose that. Then it can immediately get in action, and we develop the pattern that, this, that is shipped to them directly. Now, that's not hard for people to do, to get involved with their congressman and senator and say, this is what we want to have happen. It's, it's, it's a, a very easy thing. It's a first step. It's, it's not going to solve the whole problem. But it's a step. What he's doing is he's bringing the opposing parts together to show that we really are a family. We're really freedom's family. And he's saying, okay, let's, let's just preserve their lives. They're hurt. Let's give them the ability to detect what's coming and send it directly to them. Just like you would send relief to refugees or people who've been hit by a tsunami or a crisis or a drought or a famine, whatever. He said, okay, well, surely we can pass that. And then let's show them if we go directly to the people and we find people who love life and freedom and truth, then can't we give them the ability to stand for it against the forces that are determined and committed and boldly saying they intend to destroy you? They've already said they're going to destroy the Vatican. They're going to destroy the entire area of Italy. They're going to destroy the United States. They are boasting that they're going to take us out. And what are we going to do? Are we just going to sing at church? 
Stop just singing and start living what you're singing. Care about people. Stand up for truth. Here's the thing. In the Bible, listen to it. Galatians 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. It was for freedom. that See, freedom touches everybody. It doesn't just touch us. Freedom is a blessing. Freedom is like the promised land of opportunity to not only live your dreams, but God's dreams for you, to be carried by the gift of the creator who gave us the capacity to take what he created and meet virtually every need and challenge that we face as human beings created in the image of God. If it was for freedom that Christ set us free, how do you set us free? Paid for it with his life to defeat deception and death and let us live out the truth. Would you hear Foster and Lynn from the depth of my heart, thank you. Thank you for every moment, every effort that you've done for others. These are people you love who are not even here, but you love us. Would you please, please, Foster's an answer to your prayers. Lynn's an answer. I think Betty is. I think I may be an answer to her prayers because the zeal I have, I think she prays it up. I'm begging you, please, if Christ gives us freedom, let's preserve it and protect it and let's proclaim it to the ends of the earth. Would you say thank you to Foster Freeze? Thank you. And would you, would you join us praying for God to turn our nation and give our leaders the ability to come and reason together, left, right, left, right, like Foster says, forward, march. Father, please do it and use us to be an answer to those prayers and to your prayer that we be one, perfected in supernatural unity. In Jesus' name. Foster and Lynn, one of the greatest joys. Now, you know, you've, you've written children's books, and this is a great one. This is a Western lullaby. It actually has in the back, it has what uh, you sing to children and grandchildren. And it's a DVD. It's beautiful. And uh, it's, it's, this is just a treasure. This precious grandmother loves kids. And I mean, this is the best illustrated book I've ever seen. I want to send it to you to say thanks to bless your children or grandchildren. But uh, also we have some other gifts. Here's what I ask you to do. I want you to help us put smiles and shoes on children for Christmas. We're actually going to do a lot of cleft palate surgeries. They cost $500 each. Would you pray about giving one or maybe a couple of those surgeries? The shoes are $3.60 a piece. $36 will get 10 pair and $144, 40 pair. What I want you to do, if you would, is uh, watch and see if you don't want to give some shoes and some smiles. You watch closely. Let's do something special for Christmas. You sure are pretty. Well, hello there. Yeah, yeah. How you doing? Aren't they beautiful? You know what Jesus said? Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. You know what? We're the, we are the representative of Christ. We're his body. We're his family. And we can share his love. We want to be able to help these children. They're so worth it. You know, if it was our children, we would want someone to reach out to them. Life Outreach International is absolutely providing food and pure, clean drinking water for children such as this. We are absolutely, through your giving, 
getting the job done in places around the world. The thing that is exciting though that Life Outreach would love to do is putting shoes on little children like this little girl across the world. Just a simple gift of putting shoes on the feet of this little precious girl would help her as she runs around, as she plays, no telling what she steps on every day. They can get diseases. They've got what is known as hookworms that get in their feet when they just walk in dirt or sand. And then it gets in their little intestines. Causes serious problems. We're gonna give children all over the world shoes. When I say we, that's all of us together. Hi, buddy. What I love is that this simple pair of shoes has become a treasure to this little girl. I love that she's holding on to it like it's the greatest gift she's ever been given. And I'm, I'm pleading with you this day that you would find it in your heart to remember God's heart for the poor. And I pray this Christmas that you would bring that joy to her heart. That's what I'd love to see. We're gonna get you some shoes, honey. You sweet thing. I've literally prayed children into my lap that I've seen back in the distance. Betty's watched it happen. I so wanted to hold them and touch their little feet and so wanted to put whatever they needed in place. And uh, we have been able to uh, put God's arms around precious children and people all over the world. And I'm asking you to help us give these shoes and put them on little feet. And these are very durable and they do have a uh, Velcro strap where they can grow and, and expand them a little bit and wear them when their foot's a little small and keep them from getting hookworms that cause horrible bacterial disease, even gets into the brain. And I'm asking you to please, please, let's, let's give them the shoes, 200,000 pairs. And we want to give as many cleft palate surgeries as we can. We call it Shoes and Smiles for Christmas. We have to raise it during the, during the summertime and get everything in place so we can let the missionaries deliver. And it's a big deal to them. Father, I pray everybody watching will help. At some level, they'll do it in Jesus' name. Now listen, the shoes are 360. You might say, well, I could do that. We'll do it. Because for one child, that's real important. $36 and you've got 10 pairs of shoes. $144 as an example, you've got 40 pairs. We're going to say thank you for any gift by sending you the, uh, the shoe, the little Christmas shoe. We've been making them every year. People love this little ornament you put on your tree. People come in and talk to you about it. You talk about loving people. Talk about what love does. And uh, here are all of them now for five years. We'll send them all to you. If you'd simply make a gift of over $100 and help us buy a lot of shoes. And by the way, the surgeries are $500 each. That's what it costs us to get them done. So how about giving some smiles? $1,000 give two children a smile. Isn't that a great gift for Christmas? Betty, I'm praying everybody watching who can help will. 
I know you will because I know you care about these precious little children and you care about from the bottom of their feet to the top of their heads and that includes shoes for their feet and smiles for their faces. <laughs> and you know that's a smile that got me. <laughs> it swept me off my feet 55 plus years ago and we've been married 52 years. And we've really been trying to put God's arms around the world. But I mean, do you realize, and we're asking you right now to go to lifetoday.org or go dial that number. Do you realize every day we come into your home, we're trying to put God's arms around you and help you put God's arms around others in every way possible for freedom, for love, and life? Right now, you make the best gift you can. We're going to say thank you by blessing you. And you're going to really enjoy it at Christmas when you talk about what love does. Please, lifetoday.org. Dial the number, use your bank card, use it like a check. Make the greatest, largest gift you can, but the best gift you're giving, you're going to be giving life and love. Thanks for doing it. Poverty is a killer, and because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 200,000 children around the world just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair, and a gift of $144 will help provide 40 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted green antique shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $100 or more, you may also request a special boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments from past years. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our beautifully framed canvas prints of the Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I, I just say thanks, and I want to remind you, listen, let me tell you something. You've got grandchildren, you've got young children, you're going to love this. Here's a little child falling asleep, hearing the western lullaby. All the little toy horses, but out in the field, the horses by the stream. Lynn Fries teaches us to appreciate all God has made and behold him in all of his glory, in the glory of his creation. And uh, we want to send this to you if you'd like to have it. Or you can go online and see all the books that Lynn's written for children. And we just appreciate him. Would you please say a great big thanks to Foster Freeze and his wife, Lynn Freeze, for loving us. God bless you, Foster. God bless you, Lynn. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you so much. Now, let me tell you something. If you want to learn why things matter, what to do, stream.org. Go to Everyday Prayer and learn. Thank you. Thank all of you for being here.
Tomorrow, Bible teacher Beth Moore describes your role in the rebuilding of your life. He wants to put you back together again. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.